It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. And today, I have something additional for you. Today's show is being brought to you by the number five. Remember on Sesame Street, if you watched Sesame Street as a kid, and if you didn't, I don't even know what to say to you because I'm pretty sure everybody did. Well, everybody in my generation, maybe I'm just assuming. I, I couldn't even find it today if I had to. But anyway, that's not the point. If you know what I'm talking about, every episode of Sesame Street used to be brought to you by a letter and a number. Well, I'm not going to go with a letter, but I will go with a number. The number is five because that's the number of games the Blue Jackets have now had postponed because of the COVID protocols in the league. The latest one coming late last night, tomorrow's game that was to be played in Chicago has been postponed. So the Blue Jackets have five games on the list, road games in Calgary, Buffalo, and now Chicago, home games against Buffalo and Toronto. All of those have been postponed. They will be rescheduled for a later date. When that date is going to be, who knows? When the Blue Jackets are going to get back to play, will it be on Thursday at home against Nashville? Who knows? And all of that makes it very frustrating. But you've got to deal with it. That is today's world. This league is in a pause right now. There are some teams that are going to come out of that pause tomorrow. The Blue Jackets were hoping to be one of them. That is now not going to happen. I'll talk to you about why here in just a couple of minutes. But it's not going to happen. You have to crush fingers and hope that Thursday is going to happen at home against Nashville. But again, you just have to roll with it. But that doesn't make it any less frustrating. It's extremely frustrating when you're rolling along and now the season has come to a stop and now there are questions about when you're going to get back to play. It makes it very frustrating. Right now, let me tell you uh, about something that does not frustrate me, and that's the good folks over at Telhio Credit Union. They don't frustrate me because they are there for their customers. They are there for the members of their credit union to make sure they're getting the most out of their finances. And there are many questions that you might have about joining a credit union. First one being, why should I join a credit union? Why not just use a regular bank? Well, the answer to that question and many, many more are right at the website at tellhio.org. Go there, search around, and look at the different options they have. Whether it's something as basic as a checking account for you personally, whether it's uh, something complex like a small business loan for your company, whatever it is, go on the website, search around, click on the different tabs, and find out about the services that Telhio Credit Union offers and about the perks that go along with those services. Because there are perks, I'm telling you. Just, just go take a look. If you don't trust me, just go take a look. Even if you do trust me, go on the website and take a look and find out what Telhio Credit Union has been offering to their customers for many, many years. Telhio Credit Union is open to everyone in central and southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. Well, normally I have this show done for you. When you wake up, you can just go ahead and listen to it on your way to work or wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, going out for a jog, just taking a walk, going to the gym, whatever it is. I normally have it done for you. Today, there was no sense in that. There really wasn't for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are no games being played. And number two, the news was going to change as it went along. Let's start with some of the news from yesterday. The National Hockey League and the National Hockey League Players Union got together 
and they amended the current collective bargaining agreement. Specifically, what they did is they reinstituted the taxi squad. Last year, if you remember, there were players that were on American Hockey League contracts. They would still get their American Hockey League uh, pay. (laughs) Try it again. They would get their American Hockey League pay, and then they would, uh, but they wouldn't be with the American Hockey League team. They would actually be with the National Hockey League team. They were there as reserves. They just practiced. They didn't play in games unless somebody went on the COVID list and you needed a player instead of having to go get them from Cleveland or get them from wherever Cleveland was playing on that particular day. They were right there. Boom. You put them into the lineup right on the roster, ready to go. This year, the NHL did away with that. And I think for good reason, because what you had happen was for the American League teams, they lost some of their best players, whether those be veteran players or whether those be up and coming prospects. And the reason was, if you had, let's, Adam Clendenning is a great example. Adam Clendenning was here with the Blue Jackets last year under contract. He was supposed to be in Cleveland, but most of the season he spent with the Blue Jackets on the taxi squad. That meant that the Cleveland Monsters were without one of their top defensemen all year, because even though he was on their roster, he wasn't on their team. He was on the taxi squad. So they missed having his experience there, not only to win games, but to help develop some of the younger defensemen that are in the American Hockey League. You didn't have that experience around, so that's not a good thing. The second thing that wasn't good about it is they're not playing in games, these guys. They're just practicing. Remember last year when Yarmo was one of the people that talked about maybe playing a three-on-three game before the actual NHL game just to give the guys on the practice squad a chance to play in a competitive atmosphere? Never happened, but it wasn't a bad idea because they weren't playing in games. They were just practicing all the time. Maybe they'd get a chance to get into a game, but not really likely. Uh, You didn't want them in a game. You wanted everybody to be healthy. You wanted to play with your regular lineup, so you didn't really want to have to take these guys off the taxi squad. So it was a year for the younger players. They didn't get to develop the way they normally would. For the older players, they weren't playing competitively. Yeah, it's nice to get paid and all that, but you're not getting the competitive – part of the game. So it wasn't great. It needed to be done. It had to be done, but it wasn't great. So they didn't do it this year, rightfully so. And they didn't need to do it. But now they're in a spot where you have so many teams that have so many people in the COVID protocol that you need extra players. And it is just simply easier if you have the taxi squad to do that. So the league and the Players Association got together. They agreed on it. And what it is, you can have up to six players to put on this taxi squad to have them available to you at the drop of a hat. And uh, it again, it makes perfect sense. And for the Blue Jackets, it makes even more sense right now because the Blue Jackets have gone ahead and put some players on that taxi squad. First of all, because Jonas Corposalo is in the protocol, they had to bring up Daniil Tarasov from the Monsters yesterday. So they had already done that. He was already here. But they have uh, gone ahead and recalled a couple of forwards. Uh, Josh Dunn and Tyler Secura have been put on the taxi squad. Now, Josh Dunn played here a little bit last year, and then he uh, had a pretty nice show. He had a really nice showing in the Traverse City tournament. He had a decent showing in camp this year. But uh, he's been in Cleveland. He's been playing for the Monsters, and he's been doing a pretty good job. So. He has 12 goals, 6 assists, and 70 penalty minutes in 36 career American Hockey League games. That includes some last year. Um, This year, he's got 4 goals and 4 assists and 22 penalty minutes in 24 games. So that's where he stands. Uh, Secura, 
He was signed to a one-way deal in July this year. And so far this season, he has six goals, five assists, 17 penalty minutes, and he's a plus four in the 24 games that he's played. So those two guys have uh, come up, and they will be there when the Blue Jackets need forwards. And, oh, by the way, they may need forwards, depending upon what happens here, because the Blue Jackets early this afternoon announced that Oliver Bjorkstrand has been placed in the COVID-19 protocol. So that is not good. (laughs) Obviously, when your leading scorer is in the protocol, that is not good. Now, there is some good news, and that is that Gabriel Carlson, Andrew Peake, and Jack Roslevic have all been activated off the protocol. Remember, they all went on within the first two days after the team returned from Edmonton and uh, got back from that last trip. So the good news is those guys are cleared and ready to play once again. But when the league put out the news release yesterday about the taxi squad, it was in there that there were three games that were going to be canceled. Two of those involved Canadian teams, so it wasn't much of a surprise. But the Blue Jackets in Chicago game was part of that, and it wasn't really given, uh, there wasn't really a reason given for that. And here's, here's the situation. Now, the Blue Jackets have guys that are in the protocol, and then the Monsters have guys in protocol. And I'm not sure who those guys are there, but it's very possible that you get into a situation where, let's say, you have four healthy defensemen in Columbus. And now you have two more spots. And normally you would go to Cleveland and you would get the guys that are on two-way contracts to bring them up and play. And, oh, wait a minute, those guys are also in a protocol and you can't bring them up. So that would mean you would have to sign somebody to, to a contract just to bring them up. So it's just... That would be a reason just to postpone that game in its own right. So that's what's going on. There's a whole bunch going on. While there is nothing going on on the ice, except for some practices now, while there's nothing going on in the way of games, there's a whole bunch going on around it. So again, it's very frustrating. Of course, you want to come to the games and watch the games. Of course, I want to work the games. Of course, the players want to play the games. But this is the world that we live in right now. This is... Uh, the health and safety protocols that the league and the players union put into place. They've talked about this. They've gone through it every step of the way. So as frustrated as anybody might be about it, it's the way it is. So we live with it. We do what we can. We follow the protocols and we hope to get back to work and, and get back to normal life. We were cruising along pretty good, right? I mean, we had it going on pretty well until that week before Christmas. And then all of a sudden, you didn't. they didn't even pump the brakes. They kind of just jammed on the brakes. So listen, as I said, this is how it is for now. Uh, we live with it. We make adjustments. One thing that I think everybody's become a lot better in doing in the past 18 to 20 months is making adjustments. You don't have to like everything. That's Nobody's asking you to like everything. They're just asking you to adjust. And that's what the players and the league are doing right now. So we continue to adjust, continue to hope that guys come off the protocol list and that um, fewer guys go on the protocol list and that we can get back to playing, hopefully, on Thursday at home against the Nashville Predators. All right, let's get uh, some real questions in here, some questions that I can answer. How about that? Let's get some questions that I can answer. Uh, let's start on Twitter at Bobby Mac Sports, um, and there's not much. It's very light, which it, it's that's not a surprise to me. There's no games. There's no games. It's over the Christmas holiday, um, and you're not playing, so you're in a vacuum. You're in a vacuum right now, and, and so this, there's not going to be much here today. I'll tell you that right off the top. But 
what there is is good. Like Finn McCool saying, is Kent Johnson the most hyped Blue Jackets prospect of all time? I'll admit I was a little too young for Rick Nash's draft, but I'm sure he was obviously high being first overall. And I know some guys like Zherdev and Filatov brought some okay hype, but the Johnson hype just seems different. Well, Finn, I, I was in Syracuse. I wasn't here. Uh, one thing about Rick Nash, and, and this is where I'm unsure, so maybe some of you that were here at the time can talk about it a little bit more. Remember, the Blue Jackets did not have the first overall pick in that draft in 2002. They did not. They had the third overall pick in the draft. They traded with the Florida Panthers because Florida was going to take Jay Bomeister, the defenseman. They were not going to take Rick Nash. The Blue Jackets desperately wanted and needed Rick Nash. They wanted that star power forward, you know, potential superstar guy. So that trade was made on June 22nd. So it was made right there, you know, right before the the first round. So there was hype about Rick Nash and the kind of player that he was. But, um, you know, again, here it was, uh, you know, they had the third pick. Then they traded up and they got him. So I'm not sure, you know, and then he came into the league and – he never went and played in the American Hockey League, so he was here. So whatever hype there was, it was like drafted here, and that was that. You know, th- this is different with Kent Johnson, drafted in the summer, playing at the University of Michigan right now. So there is a lot of hype. But the reason that there is so much hype is because you look what this guy does. You look, and, and today, everything's more accessible, right? Anybody can go on their phone and look at the clips. Anybody can go to YouTube and find out what Kent Johnson did two minutes ago. It's really, really easy. Anybody can click on social media and see what this guy's doing and the way he works the puck, the hands that he has, and the way he puts the puck um, you know, to somebody else or gets it into position or just puts it in the back of the net. Puts it in the back of the net, especially in the one-on-ones, the one-on-one skills. They are off the charts when you watch what he's doing now. Now, granted, Granted, coming into the National Hockey League is not going to be like coming into the NCAA. There's not only another level you'll have to get to, but there's a level above that level and maybe even another level above that level. It's simple as that. But he is extremely talented. He is extremely gifted. He has great hands. He has great vision. He seems to have great hockey sense. Just knowing what's going on around him, the way he thinks the game which is so important today. How many times have I talked about that aspect of the game? The hockey sense, the simple knowing, the simple being able to look at a situation and process it in your mind in a fraction of a second and either get to where you need to be or get the puck to where it needs to be or decide to take that shot before that window closes. That is extremely important in today's game because it moves at such a fast pace. It moves so quickly. You don't have time to process You have to read and react. You have to look at it. You have to know. You have to do. And that's what he does. That's what he's doing in the NCAA. That's what he will do in the National Hockey League. Again, a steeper learning curve? Absolutely. Do I think that he'll get there? Absolutely. I think he's too talented not to get there, just based on what you see today. So, yeah, he's hyped. 
but he's hyped for a reason because look at what he's doing. Look at what he's doing. You know, it's funny. You ask about uh, Zherdev and Filatov, and there was hype. Yeah, there was, there was hype about that. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, <laughs> Zherdev I didn't see a lot of. I, I saw him play one game in Syracuse. We were in Philadelphia playing at the old Spectrum against the uh, Phantoms. And uh, he played in that game. He was really good in that game. And then he was gone, never to be seen again. Filatov, he, he was a, he was an enigma. Puzzling, okay? That's what he was. A lot of talent, very young, very immature, couldn't put it together, started to put it together near the end of the year, making a run to the playoffs in the American Hockey League, and then the Blue Jackets decided to bring him up and sit him in the press box so that he could experience the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, which, you know, again, they lasted four games, and those playoffs were over. In the American Hockey League, there was a chance that he could have made a long a long run and have been a part of it, but that's not the way it worked out. So, yeah, those guys were hyped. Every team hypes their first-round picks, right? I was talking with my son about this uh, just the other day when I saw this question. Everybody hypes their first-rounders. And, you know, it seems like in today's game, those guys pan out a little bit more. Maybe I'm wrong, but, um, you know, Alexander Picard was a first-round pick. And I love the guy, love the guy. But I was with him for a long time in the American Hockey League before I was ever with him up here when I first came up. So um, that one, you know, he, he didn't pan out. Some don't pan out. That's just the way it is. I, I think today a lot more of them do. but uh, And a lot of them are rushed here, so... They either pan out or they're gone. But uh, every team hypes those picks. You, you got to hype them. I mean, you, you're you trying to sell the future. When you're – like, look where the Blue Jackets were in all those years. They were not making the playoffs. Um, you were always looking to sell that next piece of hope, and that was many times the first-round pick. So uh, I don't blame them for it. You got to do it. You're trying to sell tickets. You think you've made the right pick. You, you think it's a guy that's going to help you. And – Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. That's just the luck of the draw or the draft in this case, as it is. Speaking of Kent Johnson, Sports Talk on Twitter says, is there any possible way if the Michigan season ends or if they're done playing at the end of the year and the Blue Jackets are in a playoff hunt that Kent Johnson can join the team? When his team is done playing, yes, he can join the team. And I would expect that that happens. Remember, right now, right now as I talk to you today, this season is running until the end of April. The regular season is to go until the end of April. What's going on with all these postponements? Will it go beyond the end of April? I don't know. I know the league doesn't want to do that. I'm sure the players don't want to do that. I'm sure they don't want to back this up further into the summer, like has happened the last two years. But is there going to be a choice? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I'm glad I'm not the scheduler right now. If I were the scheduler, I might be tempted to take the seven Canadian teams and put them back in their own division so that the border crossing was not an issue anymore. But I'm not the schedule maker, and I don't know how you do that at this point. But I wouldn't want to be looking around for building availability right now, even though teams were supposed to try to hold dates. That's easy to say. It's easy to say in a market like Columbus where you're not sharing a building with an NBA team. But when you are, that creates another set of difficulties. Plus, don't forget... All of these arenas went through the pandemic and missed out on concerts and all that stuff, too. So they are looking to get every show that they can 
so the schedule maker is really going to be put to the test here to figure out what used to be the Olympic break, how they're going to reschedule these games. Can they get them all in? I don't know. Do they have to extend the end of the regular season? I don't know. My whole point is this regular season goes to the end of April. I think there's a really good chance that you could see Kent Johnson by then. You know? So, yes, the answer to your question is yes. I guess I could have just made it simple and said that, but I felt like I needed to explain what I was, uh, why I was giving the answer that I was given. All right, I've got one voice question here today. This is a little bit different. It's um, something informative. I like it, so here it is. Hey, Bob, Paul in Columbus. With the Blue Jackets season on hold right now, I'm watching whatever hockey I can, and a video that I came across was talking about edge work and its importance in the game. And one person they used an example with great edge work was Sidney Crosby. And I was watching the video, and it's just like, okay, he's, he's skating. I don't understand what they're talking about with the edge work, what it is. So that leads me to my question, what is edge work, I guess? Why is it important, and maybe how does it differ from skating? And is there somebody on the Blue Jackets team that has particularly good edge work that we should look at as an example. So I appreciate it. Hope you had a happy holidays with your family, and we'll talk with you soon. Well, Paul, thank you for that. I hope that you had a good Christmas with your family as well, and I hope you have a happy new year too. This is a good question because, as Paul says, he is skating. What is the difference? All right, Paul, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell all of you, so get ready. And I know that there are people out there that when Sidney Crosby's name comes up, you just cringe because it's Sidney Crosby. But in all honesty, go and look at video of Sidney Crosby and doing edge work. And, Paul, here's what you'll see. When you're talking about skating, we're not just talking about the strides and getting down the ice. When you watch the videos with Crosby especially because he is one of the best at it, the elite players are the best at the edge work. It is those very quick maneuvers that they do, the really tight turns. And I'm talking about stop on the dime, turn, all in the same motion. It's like, you know, you're you're making a play, but you never stop moving. You're not coming to a standstill. You are making a very tight cut. You are, you know, the... You're using the edges of the skates. You're using the inside edge of the skate. You're using the outside edge of the skate. It is biting into the ice so that you can make a quick turn, a quick maneuver. It's not always a turn. It doesn't have to be a spinorama, anything like that. But when you watch watch that video of Crosby, now when you watch him come through, like say the neutral zone, and somebody throws him a pass, and maybe it's a pass that is not even on target where it needs to be. Maybe it hits him in the skate. You know, that little move that he can make to turn the skate, bite the edge of the skate into the ice to get the puck and control it. So he's he's not stopping. He's continually moving, but he's making that little, that little cut that's allowing him to either reach for the puck or maybe clang it off the other skate and kick it back to the stick. Maybe it's just a little cut when he's going at a defender or he's going in one-on-two. It's that little cut that allows you to, uh, like a running back, like with a running back when he gets to the line and there's that that quick cut to hit the hole, right? He's going straight. He can see that there's nothing straight ahead, but just off a little bit to his right, 
there's that hole. So he plants the left foot, shifts the body weight, and then accelerates through the hole. It's it's similar in that because it is that pressure that you're putting on either the inside or the outside of the blade that allows you to make a cut and continue to move and and make the play all at the same time. Uh, another thing, watch the way he goes around near the net and especially around behind the net where as he will take the, take the feet and point the toes outward as he's carrying the puck around behind the net. He's using the edges of the blades to be able to do that. Again, Crosby's not the only guy. The elite guys do it. Connor McDavid is very good at it. Nathan McKinnon's very good at it. Uh, there's a good example of uh, uh, Kirill Kaprizov of Minnesota. He's making a play behind the net where he's doing the same thing, coming around behind the net, stuffing the puck in on the short side. Uh, so that's the difference. You know, the skating is the strides themselves and getting up and down the ice pretty much in a straight line. When you're talking about the edge work, you're talking about those those quick cuts and turns and being able to do it so fluidly, you know, where you're not stopping to get to a puck. You're making that cut and you're making that turn and you're still receiving the pass at the same time. You're still making the pass at the same time. So, Paul, go back and look at that video again and watch his feet. Watch his feet and how tight he turns. And, you know, and I'm talking about just a, a small amount of space where the edge of that skate is biting into the ice and the foot is turning and that changes the angle of the body. Again, whether it's just a little maneuver like a running back just to when you're coming in on two defensemen and you just want to make that head fake type of a thing and make the jump cut there as they do in football, it's the same same kind of thing. You're making those little maneuvers, and you're doing it by biting the edge of the skate into the ice. So skate sharpening is very, very important. When you're a guy that does that a lot, you, the way you get your skate sharpened is important. The uh, frequency of getting your skate sharpened, getting your skate sharpened is important. So go back and look at it from that standpoint. Don't look at the video as just, well, he's skating. <clears throat> look at it uh, about how quickly his feet are moving in small, tight spaces, especially down around the net, or especially when he's going at somebody one-on-one, -on -one, those little moves that he makes with his feet, cutting, just biting in. You know, sometimes there was one clip yesterday I saw where he was he was coming down the left wing side, and he, he threw the edge of the skate into the ice, and, and it sprays up a lot of snow because he was going with pretty good speed, but he dug in. There's a lot of spray. The body, his body was down where he had the, the right arm. The right hand was on the stick and the right arm was extended to control the puck. His left arm, because he was stopping at such a, a rate uh, and so quickly that his body had kind of, you know, buckled on the left side. His left arm is down. I don't know if he's touching the ice or he's just about touching the ice, you know, to make sure that he doesn't fall over. So he's got the left hand basically on the ice. The right hand is on the stick controlling the puck while he's coming to a, a quick stop while the edge of the skate is biting into the ice and there's a big spray of snow. But he doesn't stop. I mean, he, he changes directions. He doesn't stop. He uh, he just it, it, he stops going forward and immediately pushes and is quickly going the other way. So the defender on him is going with him, and all of a sudden he's slamming the brakes on. You know, it's like Top Gun, you know, with the flyby right? He's, he's like, you're there, and then he's not there. And uh, and he's turned, and he's cutting toward the net. So watch it from that perspective. Look at the feet. Watch the way that it bites in. Now, about a, a Blue Jackets player, I was thinking about this, a Blue Jackets player that might be 
somebody to watch, I would say, you know, I, I would guess Oliver Bjorkstrand and the way that he moves and the way that, especially when he battles on the boards and the quick moves that he has to make with his feet to be able to uh, win those battles and win those pucks on the boards, that would be the guy that I would say that you should watch when it comes to that. Take a look at his feet. And then start looking at everybody's. As you go back and you look at the video, and now you know what you're looking for a little bit more, you'll find your guys when you're watching on TV or when you're watching from the stands. You know, just watch those little moves and those cuts that they make, and um, and, and maybe you'll have more appreciation for it. You w- Actually, it's not maybe. You will. When you go back and, and watch it with a different perspective, I think you're going to have much more appreciation for it. So that's a good question. And something else to delve into today. And uh, again, it, it's a reminder where it, it's okay not to know everything about this game. Not everybody's an expert on this game. Those questions are good questions because it helps to educate and it helps to, uh, I think in some ways, or I hope in some ways, that that you feel like, look, I don't know everything, so I'm afraid to ask something. Don't, don't be. Just ask. You don't think it's stupid. Because it's good. It's good to talk about this stuff. This is a perfect time, right? There's nothing else going on. We can do a little hockey 101 here and all of that. So um, it's good. Don't ever, don't ever sit on those questions. If you have them, ask them. I'm, I'm not going to make you feel like that's a dumb question because it's not. It's not. It's okay not to know all of the intricacies of the sport. That's absolutely fine. So. Uh, ask away. Paul, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. So the Blue Jackets are scheduled to play on Thursday night, and I hope they do, against Nashville, 7 o'clock game time at Nationwide Arena. Pre-game coverage starting at 6.30 on the Blue Jackets radio network and on Bally Sports Ohio. Fingers crossed that we'll be there. We'll be back in action. Blue Jackets played the Predators one time this year. They went to Nashville. They got shut out 6 to nothing. That was uh, a particularly ugly night for the Blue Jackets. They have a chance to uh, exact some revenge and even the season series at one game apiece. Hopefully, they'll be able to do that on Thursday. Once again, thanks for your questions. You can send them anytime. If you do it on Twitter, find me at BobbyMaxSports. Use the hashtag MondayMailbag. Makes it a lot easier for me to find. If you want to record a question like Paul did today, all you have to do is go to your voice memo or voice recorder on your phone, record that question, and send it to me via email, BobbyMac, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C, at bluejackets.com. That'll do it for the Monday Mailbag Edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.